0: At MGM, join the conversation on twitch.tv slash betql.
1: Welcome back in The Better Angle. Final hour kicking off here. Jake on joined by Gabe Ramirez. Gabe has uh, pulled me out of the depths of depression, made me a happier guy yeah. today. And so, uh, you know, mission accomplished. And so, the most
2: I've, I've seen you smile more in these two hours than I have in the year and a half I've well, been working with.
1: Well, to you. be fair, this is also the most time we've ever spent together in the same room or I in the same you lot, general man. area. I see you a lot. Yeah. Okay, but it's like for like three seconds. You <laughs> know, you had teeth, bro. That's what I was going to say over here. Oh, God, well, play. everybody now uh, knows that I confirmed have teeth, and if I didn't, it would make this job very hard. Yeah. So thankfully, you, you've I. You've also
2: have been teeth. showing them because Illinois is still winning against Maryland.
1: They are. They're currently up 22-17 uh, with 10 minutes left in the first half. So maybe they maybe they will hang on. I don't know. Uh, who isn't going to hang on? NC State, number 13, fell to VCU today. So I feel like that's been something in college basketball where we've had a lot of upsets this year, like especially a lot of top 10 ups, upsets, where it seems like every other week. Even top get, five upsets. Yeah, top five. Like I feel like, and maybe that's a case if you don't like a Purdue or if you were looking longer shot down the board where you could say, all right, look at all the parody that we've seen in college basketball so far this year. Maybe that's what happens in the tournament too, because also famously March Madness is called March Madness for a reason. Crazy things happen Beautiful. where you have all these upsets and it's part of why people love it so much. And so the regular season alone, we've seen that. And so maybe if you do like a, a shot down the board in that 50, 60, 70 to, to one range, there's your argument and and I like that and that's in like betting futures and that's what it's all about yeah
2: I think the I think the 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 big takeaway too Jake is you know looking at college basketball you know on a macro level where you're saying well what's happening then Mm -hmm. right why is there so much parity this year as opposed to others and you know there's obviously multiple factors you can point to right uh the transfer portal being one of them Mm -hmm. right guys yeah willing to stay in a little bit longer understanding that maybe they're their their NBA hopes and aspirations aren't gonna pan out. So you know they stick around for some NIO money. So now teams are built up and and you have more, more opportunities for powerhouses. So for me, you know, being able to look at that, that's where you would, you know, point to those things. But when you're talking about March, it's somewhere where, you know, it is difficult to pick who's gonna win, mm-hmm. right? When you're thinking about your bracket, I know I'm not thinking about bracket like actual teams, but just philosophy and and when you're you try to pick teams, is there anything that you kind of lean on like if you're picking between two teams and you're trying to figure out even in this instance where a lot of teams are similar in the top ten, you know, what are what are like some attributes or statistics that you look like you look at to try to like separate the teams and maybe choose one
1: over the other? I mean path is always like the biggest thing. Who who you're gonna I mean it's kinda like we talk about our NFL conversation where you have to go through Patrick Mahomes okay. at some point And you look at the bracket, it's like how many of these if you like a team like okay, Illinois for example, like is a high scoring offensive team, but when they have to go against a team that has size and that rebounds the ball really well and locks down defensively, that's where they struggle. All right. So, and what so, are you looking
2: at in a game like that? Then, what are you looking at
1: then? So, like today, your heart,
2: uh, your heart, and you're still picking Illinois, yeah. <laughs> or is it no? Uh,
1: so, for example, uh, today the top 16 teams came out. We saw a peek at some of the regions, and Illinois was in a region with Houston. I think that's a terrible matchup for Illinois just because Houston plays that gritty basketball where they'll just rebound you to death. But that's a conversation we can have in the next segment. Right now, we are joined by Clay Harbour, NFL analyst, joining us now. Clay, thanks for joining us. How you doing, man?
0: It's my pleasure, man. Appreciate you guys having me on.
1: So real quick, I mean, off the top, we want to ask you, we were talking earlier in the show about Super Bowl in 2025, what we just saw. What was your reaction to the Super Bowl, to the game, what you saw, and what would, what'd you walk away with? Is this just we're entering the Chiefs dynasty and that's going to be it?
0: Well, to me, it's, uh, what you see from the Chiefs is a team that can win in, in several different ways, right? I mean, they're a team that isn't just pigeonholed into one way. You know, Patrick Mahomes didn't throw 50 touchdowns this year. Patrick Mahomes wasn't the most efficient quarterback he's been all season, but at the end of the day, they find a way to win, and to me, the credit goes to Andy Reid. He didn't have the high-powered offense this year. They they made Brent Veach made the choice to trade away Tyree Hill. They didn't have that high-powered offense, so they invested in the defense, and they won it through Steve Spagnuolo in the defense, arguably the best defense in the league, 17.3 points per game, the fewest times giving up 25 points in an entire season. I think they were 21 straight games under 28 points is the actual statistic for that. But so me, it just shows me they are a team that can win in different ways, and they know what it takes to get the job done. And obviously, Patrick Mahomes' greatness can't be overstated. But you can't look at this team and tell me that the defense wasn't the strength of this team. Obviously, when it mattered, Patrick Mahomes got it done. But to me, the defense is the strength. Steve Spagnola, Andy Reid, they know how to win several different ways. And for them, being able to do that is what sets them apart.
2: Clay, I mean, you know, obviously you played in the NFL nine years. What's that, by the way? Uh, you play in the NFL nine years and and but you know there, there are games where you you know you walk away from him and you say, man, that guy you might not say it to him directly, but you would think to yourself as a player man that guy came up a little bit short and had he done X, y, Z, we potentially could have won that game. when you see the Super Bowl and you look at the San Francisco 49ers, is there a player or players that you look at and say, man, this dude did not show up and had he shown up, it might have been a different
0: outcome. Yeah, I'll say the, the whole San Francisco 49ers interior offensive line, I mean, they got pressure on Brock Purdy all game. And obviously you, you could point at a couple plays, but the play where Chris Jones goes unblocked. I mean, you can't have, let that happen. The, the tight ends, they're blocking in coverage, in, in protection, excuse me, and the offensive tackle blocks out too. And, and Chris Jones just goes untouched into Brock Purdy. There's two wide open two wide open San Francisco 49ers that can score a touchdown. So for me, that interior offensive line, if they showed up, if they gave Purdy more time for a couple of those plays, the game turns out differently. And then obviously you go to Shanahan. I don't blame him for the call. In hindsight, yes, he should have took the ball second. But I think there's logic behind what he did. Hey, if we both score a field goal, if we both score a touchdown, they trust our offense, we score a touchdown, there's a good chance they score a touchdown, guess what? Sudden death, our ball. You know, this is a hindsight bias. Everybody crushing him for this. I think there was no right way to do it. If you take the ball second, you know, people are gonna say, Oh, you know, why would you take it second? Now you both scored three points and then they, they get the, the sudden death and you got the Chiefs offense driving down the field. <laughs> you know, this is a terrible call. But in hindsight, you know, everything's twenty twenty. So I don't blame Shanahan for that. Thought the defense played well, but it's a couple of breakdowns of protection, I think it's a different game.
1: Speaking of Shanahan, the 49ers, obviously now 0 for 2 and Super Bowl appearances the last couple of years. What do the 49ers, what does Kyle Shanahan have to do, and do you think they can get over the hump and finally get there and be the ones raising the trophy?
0: I mean, they're right there. I mean, you guys saw the game. That game could have went. You have a ball hit off a guy's foot. You have a Christian McCaffrey fumble. He never fumbles. I mean, the the bone protection, they're right there, okay? And I don't like to say, I mean, it's crazy that one player, two play makes up the game, and now we're thinking this team can't get it done. One play goes differently, two plays goes differently. Now we're saying, oh, this 49ers team can do it. Okay, these, you could do the same thing this year, and the ball bounces a different way, and then they win this game. If you look back at that game, they could have beat Patrick Mahomes. I think they stay consistent with what they're doing to get another year of Brock Purdy on this cheap contract. You're getting back all of your big offensive weapons. You keep doing what you're doing. You don't even really have to improve much you know, if, you, if you stay healthy, they're going to be right back where they were. Obviously, the Lions are coming up. Obviously, the Bears when they trade this first pick, and you get all these, you, you know, gave when they trade this first
2: pick. you. I heard players you. I heard you.
0: You're them. trying to
2: bait me right now, you know, but I, I actually hear what you're saying, Clay. Yeah, we're talking to yeah, Clay Harbor, nine-year NFL vet. Um, speaking of, let's uh, let's live there for a little bit. You know, you got. You know, you got the Bears with a really, you know, interesting decision to make. But I'm, I'm, my question is more directed at you and your pass-catching abilities, right? I mean, you caught passes from Tom Brady, Drew Brees, some of the best of the best. But would you rather be catching passes from Justin Fields or, or Caleb Williams?
0: I think when it comes to catching passes, yeah, you probably might want to rather catch passes from Caleb Williams as far as a quarterback perspective you know Justin Fields though is very dynamic in other ways I think he can help your offense in other ways running the football you look at me at 600 yards this year he had over a thousand last year and he's a guy that's just very dynamic that's a real leader of a team and I think all those all those intangible things matter I think all those intangible things all those intangible things are things that you have to bring into the conversation you can't just say who throws a better ball so for me, that's for, for me, for me, that's what uh, what what really matters there is the, is the intangibles as well, and then what you can get for that pick. You know that pick is is coveted. You could get so much and help your team and, and get so many pieces to the puzzle. You look at Brock Purdy's able to do it with the 49ers. He should have won that game if the ball bounced a couple different. With Brock Purdy, he had weapons around him. Obviously, on NBC last night, I I brought up some statistics. D.J. Moore, 120 passer rating when targeted. Cole Komet, 110 passer rating when targeted. Darnell Mooney, 56 passer rating when targeted. Vilas Jones, 58 passer rating when targeted. Tyler Scott, 56 passer rating when targeted. When he is targeting good players that get open consistently, catch the ball consistently, he has a great rating. He is efficient. He gets the job done. So for me, that tells me, you bring more weapons around him, this guy is going to get better. He is going to improve.
1: All right, Clay, sticking with that first pick then, who picks number one overall and who do, do they take Caleb Williams? Number one overall pick, who's taking it, who's using it, and are they taking Caleb Williams?
0: What I think is going to happen is I think the Bears are going to take Caleb Williams at one. And then at nine, if if Odunze or neighbors are there, I think you take them. I think the Bears could actually go offensive tackle if both of them maybe Joe Jill Alt maybe Olu, um, and then I think there's a chance you go Brock Bowers. You could have a lot of two tight end sets with Cole Kmet if he's there. Or here's another thought, which might be my favorite thought. At nine, you trade back something similar to what the Bears did in 2001. Right? They traded up from 20 to 11 to draft Justin Fields. You know what they gave up? They gave up a fifth rounder that year with also the first rounder. First round next year and a fourth rounder next year. If the Bears trade back from nine to 20, you can draft a center like Johnson, Jackson Powers Johnson, who is an unbelievable center. I think this guy's a franchise center. He can run block, he can pass block. Who's the best center in the nation. He was incredible in Oregon. He can do it all. You draft a center when your weakest position is on the line. You get a first rounder again next year from a team that you don't know is going to be any good, and you still don't have to trade the first pick and still you come back with a first-rounder next year, and you can you can build a big piece of your offensive line, a young piece if you do draft Caleb, now you got a center to build with him.
2: And don't forget, you know, playing at Oregon, he has some, a little bit of familiarity with Caleb Williams. I love the picture that you're painting, you know, because I know you want them to keep Justin Fields, Clay. But, but yeah. you know, but you said you wanted to catch passes from him. You, you're talking about, you know, centers yeah. that match up well with him. It's, like, it's almost like you're fighting against yourself with that decision. Have, have you been struggling with that lately when you're thinking about it?
0: No, I mean, it's, it's, there's not one path to success, in my opinion, Gabe. I think you can have success with Justin. I think you can have success with Caleb. They're two different t- types of quarterbacks. But for me, I still think that it is a big question mark when a guy hasn't taken a snap in the NFL. I know what that jump is. I know how different that level of competition is. I know how short those those windows are when you go from Cosby NFL. I know this guy took 85 sacks. I know this guy isn't great in the pocket. You know, I, I see him as like a Kyler Murray type player. I think he can be good. You know, I think he can be a player. I think he measures in a little shorter than everybody thinks. I think he's probably about 5'11", maybe barely six foot. So I think this guy isn't a sure thing. Is Justin uh, a top five quarterback? No, but I think Justin, if you put a guy like say Marvin Harrison Jr., Romo Dunze around them, you, you get a free you got free agent, you just free up all this cap with Cody Whitehair, with Eddie Jackson, maybe you get Michael Pittman Jr., maybe you bring in uh, a receiver like T. Higgins, and, and you improve Justin that way. Like I said, drop percentage last year. DJ Moore, 2% drop percentage. Cole Komet, a 1.4% drop percentage. Incredible. Darnell Mooney, 14% drop percentage. Out of 100 balls, he's dropping 14 Tyler Scott, 15% drop percentage. Out of every 100 balls, he's dropping 15. Belas Jones, probably the least surprising stat of the night, a 20% drop percentage. Every 100 balls coming his way, he's dropping 20. And Chase Claypool's short time here, 20% drop percentage as well. If you get some guys that catch the ball, that's why Justin is so good when he's targeting them. These guys are good in contested catch. These guys are good when they with the drop rate. And if you look at all the the statistics around it, to me, that's a difference. So if you get this guy weapons, he's going to be good.
1: Clay, really appreciate your time in about 30 seconds. Who wins the Super Bowl next year, and who do they play? Who do they beat?
0: I'm going to go for the three-peat, man. My former coach, Andy Reid, the coach that drafted me, comes back for the three-peat like the Chicago Bulls, and they win the championship. And they're probably, in my opinion, going to be playing – Against, I, I hate to say it, but I think this team is 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 trending in the right direction. The Detroit Lions, another one of my former teams, Dan Campbell, what he's done there has been incredible.
1: Clay, thanks so much for your time, man. Really appreciate it.
0: I appreciate you guys. Thanks.
1: That was Clay Harbor, NFL analyst, NFL veteran. Tried to talk himself into Caleb Williams, sir.
2: I I I, I know Clay well, but I backed him into the answer because I know he wants to draft. Uh, he wants to keep Justin, but I backed him into that. I knew he wanted to catch passes from Caleb Williams.
1: Well, I mean, I would, too. It would be pretty cool. Cut the check at Chicago Bears. This has been, I'm doing it again, trying to end the show. I don't know what is wrong with me. My brain works so good. This is the better angle. we got two more seconds left in the third and final hour. Myself, Jake Hassan, with Gabe Ramirez. On the other side, we will finally be we'll talking about, we'll finally get to some MLB baseball. Stick around. You're listening to The Better Angle on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Join the conversation on twitch.tv
0: betql.
1: Welcome back into the Better Angle third and final hour here. We have still more show, despite the best efforts of some people, hard to say who, that uh, to end the show early. Again, hard to say who. Uh, Awesome conversation with Clay Harbor in our last segment, breaking down the NFL. Gabe bullied him a little bit, uh, but it was funny. Uh,
2: A little bit. Clay's my guy. That's my guy. Right. Well, yeah. When you when
1: when you're friends, you have to like you can't just. The thing is this, right? You can't tell me you want
2: Justin Fields to be the quarterback of the Chicago Bears, which he which he's had at length multiple times. I almost
1: called him out with stats too. Right.
2: I almost called him out because we've definitely done shows together, Clay and I, and he's definitely said he would not take an offensive lineman with that ninth pick. So I was going to call him on that. So opinions change. I'd rib him in a different way, and ask him, "You're an NFL tight end." You caught passes from Tom Brady from Drew Which, Brees. Which like flex? Super hard flex. Who would you want rather catch passes from? I don't care what your opinion is on what you want the Bears to do. I want to know what you would do in your 9-year career, who would you rather catch passes from? Cuz that's what I want my wide receivers thinking. I want to, I love what did somebody say to the ones I don't even know was, but that's what I want them thinking. I want them thinking like I'd rather catch passes from this guy. Cuz then you want to know what'll happen? Those drop rate drop rates that he was talking about, they probably go down
1: me thinking about this. I'm clearly. hot. You yeah. know, I,
2: <laughs> I also wanted to look up like the stats. Like, did I get it, right? And you know, we throw out stats and we do we do it often. But I, I tell me what you know, Jared Goff's receivers did right. as well, right? Don't just tell me that DJ Moore and Cole Komet were great and then the, you know the, the supporting cast sucked. But okay, fine, tell me that. But then tell me what Jared Goff's guys did. I don't know, but I, I'm sure it's comparable. is, is what I'm trying to sure. say? Right where you're going to have some sort of mean that comes to be the same because somebody's going to have a five percent drop rate and somebody's going to have a twenty five. Like it's going to be just about the same as what I'm thinking. Yeah. But I, Jake, here's my biggest thing I want people to take away, and they should take away this on the weekend,
1: which is say it in the camera,
2: look at me in my eye. You take yeah, i single. Am I on the? Is this me over here? Yeah. All yeah, right, bet no, because then I'll go with the deep voice on you. Hey, listen, do the deep voice. No, no, no. Then I'm ready for that. We're really on my real my real radio station. Stuff. That's better angle jump. after dark. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 I don't, I don't want to do that. The reality is this: every Bears fan needs to be thinking. Any, any NFL fan, and in, in, for that matter, mm. they should be thinking two steps down the line, right? And that is how they, how are they going to get to the Super Bowl? And I just think that whether you want Justin Fields, whether you want Caleb Williams, whether you want them to trade that pick at Drake May, whatever the heck you want them to do. I just think we should all be agreeing at the end because there's too much tension, too much friction, too much drama. You go anywhere, you can't even say that you want to trade Justin Fields or that you want to. Can't keep even Justin say that Fields. in this room. You can't even say it in this room. Some I, people hard to say who Let's have jump up on the words stage to me today. We're <laughs> friends, and it's like that's what I'm saying. And I just want everybody to at least at the very end of the day remember that you ultimately want the Bears or wherever you're living that particular team to win in the Super Bowl ultimately, yep. right? So you can have good debate about it, right? Because ultimately, it's not your decision. Somebody else is, we're arguing about something that we're not, you know, so it's like it's your opinion, <laughs> but you shouldn't argue about it. Right? Somebody else is going to make that decision. And then you know what's going to happen once they do? You're going to support it anyway. Yep. You're going to watch you're gonna buy the Sunday. jersey. Right. And maybe the T-shirt in Kev's case, because he's like, I'm not going to commit all the way. Right. But you're still going to watch. And when he does well, guess what? All is forgiven. Yep. Nobody cares anymore about this six months of, yep. of, of fandom that we've been talking about because either Caleb Williams is doing well or not. And guess what? If they keep Justin, same thing. Yep. If he's three and five at the end of eight games, it's up, it's whatever because he didn't pa- pan out. But if he's six and two at the end, then yeah, guess what? Great. I was wrong. Brian Poles made the right decision. <laughs> Thank God he did. And now I'm not the GM. Like yep. that's ultimately what ends up happening there.
1: Yeah, it's like uh, it's like when free agency happens. It's like it's not your money. Who cares? Yeah. Why do you why do you care what the contract is? No, you can't give Cody Bellinger an extra ten million. What? Give him ten million. Who cares? It's not my money. Well, that leads us into a perfect segue because we've been teasing it for about two hours. Uh, that MLB spring training starts this week. We got games at the end of this upcoming week, opening day, and a little over a month. And I mean, let's start there. Start with the Cubs. Their win total is eighty-three and a half. Hmm. And without Cody Bellinger, I don't know if I like anything with this Cubs team. Like, I need <laughs> to see like without that uh, your bona fide superstar. Like, it's a good, solid team of supporting cast players. Like, Ian Happ is a solid player. Nico Horner is a solid, you know, borderline all-star player. Justin Steele is a Cy Young candidate. But you need a Cody Bellinger to take you over that hump, to me. And I think it's lined where 83-and-a-half is probably about right. But if you're talking playoffs, World Series, like, in that division alone, as of right now, I like the Reds better than I like the Cubs right now Mm. without Cody Bellinger. Mm. Are you a Cubs fan? No, is oh, you, this is gonna make you really angry. I'm a Cardinals fan.
2: No, I'm like, I'm a Sox fan. I, okay, yeah.
1: <laughs> All right, cool. We're good. But,
2: but I just heard the hate in your voice, and I was like, wow.
1: Well, that's, that's just how I am with baseball in oh, general. And in general. like Mario and Kevin will tell you, like that's okay. just how I am.
2: Okay. I'm an
1: angry guy. Remember? I didn't want to say that part in there, but I was
2: I was kind of alluding to that. But now here's my thing. The Cubs at 83, I would definitely hammer it over on that. Why? Because they won 83 last year. Mm-hmm. And if you're assuming that Craig Council is going to make some sort of difference and you're assuming that you are going to get Cody Bellinger or you're going to package some sort of assets to then bring back talent mm-hmm. in, in that way, then 83, the over, for sure, I'm in on that. I think, I think with, with Cody Bellinger, yeah, you got to have him back, but the team is good. I think the Cubs, as a Sox fan, they have a team that I've actually yep. in, come to enjoy because of who they have on their team. Guys like Seiya Suzuki, you do like the, the, the unpredictability of him. Christopher Morrell, where is he going to play? What is he going to do? Exciting talent. Up the middle, Dansby Swanson, Nico Horner. I mean, that makes you feel good. And then Ian Happ, he is a wild card. And I think that's what's interesting about him, right? And then they do have a lot of young guys on that team. And then the pitcher, the, the pitching staff that they have, I mean, obviously the ability that they've or excuse me, th- what they've done over the last two years, plugging in guys mm-hmm. when needing extra guys in the rotation, you know, plugging guys into really bringing guys. I mean, it's been fun to watch from that. aspect. I, I think that's good. I think the biggest disappointment, though, Jake, is that, you know, having an 83 win team, getting close to making the playoffs and then in the offseason immediately going and getting your your manager. And not starting the season with a team that is superior to the one that you just left
1: Right, and then putting everything on ice
2: that to me is the biggest disappointment where I felt like there was some momentum there. And even I, as a casual Cubs watcher was disappointed in that because I did want to see them continue to grow and put themselves in a better position to compete for world series specifically this year.
1: Yeah. I mean, there were rumors and, and, you know, Talk out there that they were in the running for Shohei Otani and, right. and Yamamoto and like the top of the top. And then it seemed like they didn't have a backup plan. And they kind of just felt, I mean, Cody Bellinger's still there. If you sign him and you think that their Cubs are going to sign Cody Bellinger, then yeah, take this over and, and take so, the division. And that's a
2: lateral move though.
1: Right, <laughs> sure. You're saying, but right. <laughs> we're but, you're
2: talking about guys that would have then propelled you to a different category.
1: Right, absolutely. And so I think that this Cubs team, if you're talking about playoffs, World Series, I, w- I want nothing to do with them. Now, this is going to be insane but i there are two teams that i really like the win total over and one of these teams that i think could make the playoffs and have like a diamondbacks-esque type of run maybe not world series but like get to the playoffs and make noise i'll start with the first team that i only like their win total i like the oakland a's win total over okay it's 56 and a half
2: and you just assume you're you're, you're going back to the days of hawk harrelson saying every team is going to win 60 and lose 60. And then whatever else happens with the other rest of the games is where it defines your season. Okay. So <laughs> I like that. I'm, I'm, so, I'm here for it. Well, that.
1: so I like the over 66 and a half. I don't think they're going to be a good team. Like I don't think they're going to be a playoff team, but I think they could win 65 to 70 games. And the reason being that they actually have like a solid young core of position players and pitchers that came up at the end of last year, have now MLB starting experience, not a full season's worth yet, but they've been in the big leagues. They've enjoyed at least some amount of success and that starts with i love their second baseman zach geloff i think he's gonna be an all-star i think he's a dude that could be a 2020 player like that i think he's awesome and they also have a first baseman tyler soderstrom who has a ton of power shay lang is their catcher it has like tape measure home run power it's insane he's unbelievable and they have like plug and play guys around those guys like brent rooker like seth brown who are they don't wow you But they're average MLB players. So I think if the A's young position players take a step forward and start to ascend I think that gets them there and they had a lot of pitching and again not guys that wow you but they added Alex Wood who's been in the league for 10 years and he's had success he's an average pitcher they had Ross Stripling who was with the Dodgers for a long time has started playoff games J.P. Sears was good for them last year and they have a young pitcher Mason Miller who throws about 101 <laughs> and he has nasty movement on all of his pitches he's awesome he's going to be there for the entire year this year so I think 56 and a half for the A's is just too low again not saying that they're going to win 80 Five games no, no, no. but it's a good team it's team with average mlb players that i think could at least be in contention to win games and win a handful of games more than 56 and a half
2: i think you're i, I think right now you're 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 telling the audience how they can win money yes i tried to. 56 and a half i mean just think about it right i mean if you're you're not going to get swept every single series right right so you're 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 you're, you're bound to win you know a good amount of games at least and then you're going to win some series just off of sheer you know statistics and you know samples so you're 50 you might win 50 right you're saying like they won 50, 50
1: they won 50 last year right and i think they've gotten That's much better you're
2: guaranteeing a 50 regardless regardless and sure. so they're saying stuff can you win seven games you know i think the answer would be yes right there now the other one that i'm looking at you know i gotta go two ticks above that on bet mgm check out my
1: chicago white Sox at 62 and a half i think they stink
2: they have a very bad stink.
1: team they, i think they're gonna get worse too though is the problem i mean it I is think people are getting traded it is
2: it is when you're looking when you're looking at that line but but 62 and okay maybe that's my, fa- my that's okay fine fair i'll, 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 accept, it. I'll accept it i accept it i have a level of fandom that exists and i do think you know what the biggest
1: issue so then fine bet the under <laughs> i i think if, so if I, if it was me betting this total because the white sox won 61, 61. last year right and I think they're going to trade Dylan Cease at some point, whether that's in July nice. or before the season. And honestly, Come on, we, Orioles. We, we heard whispers about it last year. too. I think there's a non zero chance Luis Robert gets traded too. No. Nope. I think there's a team that'll pony up for him because a, team, a World Series team like the Astros or like the Braves, that are like, all right, we'll throw a ton of prospects or the Orioles even. That'll say, all right, we want a World Series, we, we want a championship. This guy can help us right now. We'll give you our top two, three prospects.
2: Nah, that's not how the White Sox operate. They're that's, like, that's a
1: great point. They're like,
2: they're, <laughs> they're, they're like, scared. They're like, no, no, we have you. You're good. Yeah, we're gonna keep you. Dylan Cease. What? We can get a lot for this guy right now with a year left and all this. Yeah. Oh, teams are thirsty for him. Yes, we understand how to get four prospects back, good ones, and they come. They come from a guy like Dylan Cease and then Luis Robert Jr. You're our stud. You know, you speak Spanish. You know, we're trying sell to tickets. get you to be the guy because sell some tickets, La Pantera. Like he's going to be out there be in the home
1: run derby. So
2: yeah, I mean, he's just and he's just
0: amazing,
1: right? He's he's that your was Mike Trout, great. Right? Wasn't he's, he
0: really bad in the home run derby last year? Didn't he get really? He, got he tired wasn't great, quickly, yeah. right?
1: Yeah, he was not great no. in the uh, home run derby.
2: Okay, so so half. and a half. You're, you're on the under there. I'm on the over. I think I think that'll be good. And then the, the Dodgers having a hundred and three is their as their it's over an insane under. total. I mean, come on on as the over under like you're telling me they're going to win 100 games that's insane
1: i mean i think they'll win 100 games to be honest because they won 100 last year without shohei otani without yashinobu yamamoto but
0: and average i mean their starting pitching was not great last it was year.
1: not good yeah they add tyler glass now as well and they didn't have a closer well the, the dodgers do this thing where they just pick guys up off the street reliever wise and then you're just awesome like i think like well, they could yeah. pick me up off the street and like my arm would explode after an inning but like They'd pay me money, and I'd probably be really awesome for those seven pitches that I would throw. But I think that the Dodgers are going to do, and I said this before the show even went on air today. That, and that even before I tried to end it, you know, early multiple times, that I think that the Dodgers are going to do the same thing that they always do. They'll build this awesome team. It'll be Otani. It'll be Betts. It'll be Freeman. And they'll be the behemoth. And they'll get to the division round. And they'll lose to an 88-win team with the power of friendship because that's what they do every year. They did it last year with the Diamondbacks. And honestly, if I was going to pick a team right now today on February 17th, which is very smart and cool of me, it'll be the Reds because I really like this Reds team. And I think that come October – It'll be divisional weekend, and the Dodgers are going to go. All right, here we go. We're the World Series favorites. We have everybody. Let's just do this. Let's steamroll. And then the power of friendship and the Reds just go. All right, we're going go to go the World Series. Actually, bye. No, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no.
2: And I know why you're thinking it, and I get it. I just think that you know it's just it's, it's not going to happen. But I, but I understand about the Dodgers thing, right? When you're saying to yourself, mm-hmm. you know, the Dodgers, it's just. It just shows to show how difficult it is to win in Major League Baseball, oh, yeah. right? I mean, especially in the playoffs. To me, Major League Baseball playoffs are my favorite playoffs, and I love basketball so the most. I love football second, and baseball third. But I still think their playoffs are better. Yeah. Every pitch is magnified. I think it's very important. So to me, it, it, it's interesting. So, but do you think they'll beat the one sixteen from the Marlins back in two thousand one?
0: Wait, Marin, Mariners. 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 Yeah, that was like the Mar. Uh, no, no, I don't think they'll come close that. They still have injuries. They're relying on guys like Clayton Kershaw, who, you know, barely yeah. hung on last year. Shohei is going to have to miss some time. I I know he had surgery, but no, I, I don't think they're going to get 116. I just, I don't see it.
1: I'm going to say no, because even with Otani not pitching, I think there's going to be days we're like, all right, we don't care about beating the Rockies on July 3rd. Like, go sit down, have, you know, a couple beers on the bench, Mark Burley style, <laughs> do whatever you got to do, hang out. And they'll do the same. I think they're going to maintenance those guys. And Tyler Glass now, I, I think the same thing, a guy who always gets injured, they'll be like, all right, hey, you know, take a week off, take a, skip a start, you know, ma- maintenance your body so we can have you in October to try and win a World Series. So I don't think they'll do the 116. I think they'll win 100 games and, and anything after that is gravy. But I think they're going to be really careful with a guy like Otani especially where they'll be like hey you know chill out Uh, more MLB on the other side it will actually be the final segment of the show I can actually start using my brain so on the other side I'm going to try and sell Gabe I'm one more seller dollar tweet seller the brain is just my brain is mashed potatoes